You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Beit Shemesh Israel 5782-2022. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Devorim. And Shabbos, this Shabbos is Tisha B'Av. We will not be fasting on Tisha B'Av this year, Baruch Hashem. It's the fifth time in eight years that Tisha B'Av falls on Shabbos. And Tisha B'Av is cancelled and pushed off to Motzi Shabbos to Sunday. And we always read the Parsha of Devarim in the entire world, Baruch Hashem, in Eretz Yisrael, and Chutzlarz, we're all reading the same Parsha. We are all on the same page this week. We are all mourning the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. And the prelude to the destruction, the prelude to Tisha B'Av is always Parsha's Devarim. And there's a very powerful medrash at the very beginning of Parsha's Devarim, which I would like to share with you which teaches us something about Torah, which teaches us something about the power of the Torah, the spiritual power of Torah. And I think it's especially appropriate, you know, we know that next to the Beis Hamikdash was the Lishkas HaGazis, the temple, immediately next to it was the place where the Kimitzi and Tetzay Seira from Zion, out of Jerusalem, comes the Torah. The Torah comes out of the holiest place, the Arun HaKadosh, the Holy Ark, which was the center of the base of English of the Temple, which we are missing. The Holy Ark contained the Torah. That's the center of what the base of English is. That's the center of our relationship with Hashem. When we have a destruction of the base of English, when we are missing our Holy Temple, we are missing our relationship to Torah. We're missing our relationship to understanding what is Hashem's will for us. The Arun HaKadosh, which contained the Torah, was the place that the Nevi'im would focus on in order to gain their prophecy. So, in the Beis HaMidgash's destruction is a destruction of our Torah, of our relationship with Hashem. And we mourn that. We mourn that every day. We mourn that every year, especially during these, this time, during the three weeks, during these three weeks. So we need to understand what is the concept of Torah, which is right here. The Devarim are the words of Moshe Rabbeinu. The Medrash points out, as we'll see inside, the incredible contrast between Moshe Rabbeinu before and Moshe Rabbeinu after. Moshe says, I'm not a man of words. When Hashem wants to send him off to be the leader of the Jewish people, you need to be a man of words. You need to be able to speak. You need to be able to communicate God's will to the Jewish people. Aseres Hadibrois, the Ten Words, the Ten Commandments. The Dibrois is the same word. Moshe Rabbeinu becomes an Ish Devarim. The entire fifth book of the Torah is the words of Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest speech of all time. Moshe Rabbeinu, the, the one who is unable to speak, becomes the one who is able to speak through the Torah, as we'll see in the Medrash. So, through, through the Torah, we learn the, the will of Hashem, and we are able to infuse the world that we that we exist within with spirituality and we are unable to do that properly as long as we lack a base of English as long as we lack the temple which is supposed to be built on the Harabayas Haramaria the Temple Mount we have a physical body we have an unbelievable return to Eretz Israel a hundred years ago thirty thousand Jews in the, in the land of Israel today nearly seven million Jews but we're missing the soul, we're missing the spirit. We have Yerushalayim. Last Shabbos, 
I was Zeichai, I was able to walk in Jerusalem, Davin at the Kaisel. But on the other side of the Kaisel, we're missing that temple, we're missing the Holy Mikdash, the place where God's Shekhinah, His Divine Presence, is supposed to reside. How do we get that back? How do we get it back? If we have a sense of loss, if we have a sense of what we're missing, if we can relate to the fact that we don't have Eretz Yisrael, we're not, so many Jews don't even live in Eretz Yisrael. We don't yet have that true longing for Geula, which should spur us to want to live in Eretz Yisrael, which should spur us to want a base Hamikdash, a temple. Why aren't we banging down the doors of the Harabayas in order to get in there? In order that we should be able to build a base Hamikdash, in order that we should be able to show this is our holy place. So let's learn a little bit together the Medrash and have a little bit of a concept of what is the Torah, what is that spiritual location about, the holy, the Beis Hamikdash, the, the temple. It's about Torah. Let's see what is the power of Torah. These are the words. So the Medrash starts off with something which is very interesting. It's also Gemara and Megillah. It talks about what is the what is what is the halach in regards to somebody who would like to write the Sefer Torah instead of writing it in Hebrew, they want to write it in a different language. Look, I don't speak Hebrew, I don't understand it. Let me write it in English so that I can understand it, so I can relate to it, so I can so I can receive the instructions of what Hashem would like me to do with my life. So what's the halacha? There's a difference between a Sefer Torah as opposed to Tefillin and Mezuzahs. Tefillin and Mezuzahs have to be written in Hebrew. However, a Sefer Torah, according to the Chachamim, is allowed to be written in any language. It can be written in any language and have Kedusha's Sefer Torah. Amazing thing. Miguel says to us a very interesting idea. He says that you can only write a Sefer Torah. The only other language you can write it in besides for Hebrew is Greek. You're allowed to write it in Yavonis. Greek has a special ability, a special power. And the Medrash explains what is that special power? Why, why, can you, why is it permitted to write it in Greek? Why did he say this? This is what our sages tell us. It's a special Xeris HaKosov. The Pasuk in talking about the sons of Noach, Noach gave them a special blessing to Yefes and to Shem. The blessing was that God, God should give beauty to Yefes and God should dwell in the tents of Shem. Who is from Shem? Excuse me, who's from shame? We are, of course, we know it from the fact that we can refer to someone who doesn't like Jews as an anti-Semite, someone who hates Jews, let's say, as an anti-Semite, or it's Sem, Semite, the root of that word is from Shem. The Jewish people, our lineage goes back to Shem, the son of Noach. So the, the tents of Shem, the tents are the, the place where we study the Holy Torah of Hashem, the place where we serve Hashem, the Oyel Moyed, the tabernacle, the place where we come 
in service of God, to relate to Hashem, to understand His will for us, the place where the Torah is the center of that, inside of the Holy Ark. But in the same verse, it refers to the beauty of Yefes. What is the beauty of Yefes, the brother of Shem? That which is studied in the holy tent of Shem, the Torah, can be written with the beauty of Yefes. Now this discussion is very interesting. What is the concept behind this? Why should or should not the Torah be allowed to be written in a different language? What is the idea why Greek is a better language to write it in? What's the concept? And I believe that the depth of this medrash is that a language, right? There are certain languages that are not holy languages. What does it mean that, that the Torah's language, Lashna Kaidish, it's called a holy tongue. Why is it special? What's unique about it? It's the language that Hashem used to create heaven and earth. So that means that there is an essence. The, the Torah's language describes something at its essence. The word Devarim, that we're speaking about, Parshas Devarim, words, what are words? So they're a description of something. But in Hebrew, the word Dover means a word, but it also means a thing. It means an object. Because a word in Hebrew describes the object and is the essence of the object. If I tell you that here I have a sefer, it's a book, right? The word in Hebrew, sefer, has incredible descriptive value, but not just descriptive value, but creative value. It describes the thing at its essence. The word sefer, samech, pei, resh, these three letters, when they come together, they have a certain connotation, they have a certain gematria, numerical value. They They describe the thing in its essence. So when Hashem says, Vayemer lekim yihi or, God says, let there be light. The word or is a concretization of the essence of the word, of what the concept of light is. Hashem says or, and that becomes the light. The light is or. That's the spiritual value of the, of the words of Hebrew, of Lashon HaKadosh, of the Holy Tongue. Every other language is just an external expression. As our Chazal say to Gemara in the Dharma and Daf Beis, it's a haskamas haumais. There's a there's an agreement between the nations that this word denotes this concept, but it's not the word itself is not the essence of the concept. <coughs> it doesn't contain the essence in Hebrew. It does. So, in a certain sense, we could say that every word in another language besides Ferlashna Kaidish is an external aspect of it. It's how I see it. It's, you know, when you look at me, so you see a certain thing, you see the flesh, you see my face, you see my eyes, you see my mouth, etc. You're seeing me in an external way. It's just a description. Every, every other language is just an external version of the essence of it. It's not the essence itself. Only Lashon HaKadosh denotes essence. Everything that we have in the physical world is only an externalization. You see a human being, you see my face, you see my body. That's just the external of the essence of who I am, which is my, my spirit, my, my soul. The soul is what gives life. The soul is what gives meaning. The soul is what gives a spiritual dimension to physicality. Because physicality has nothing on its own. It has no value. Right? Wealth. 
has no value. Beauty has no value. Music, which is a beautiful thing, it's a spiritual thing. It's still an external spiritual value. It's not, in essence, something spiritual. What gives it value? What makes wealth significant? What makes beauty significant? If a woman is beautiful and she is infused with a spirit of, of godliness, she fears heaven, she has a spiritual side to her, not just a spiritual side, but the spirituality is her essence, that gives value to the beauty. If someone is wealthy and he gives his money to Torah institutions, that gives value. His money has value. Then his money is not just an external thing so I can have food, so I can have a house, so I can have a car. The wealth becomes something valuable because it's infused with spirituality. When we talk about language, when we talk about words, what, what gives this language any value? It's just a description of things. It's a haskamas humas. It's a, it's a uh, an agreement between the nations of how we can communicate and how we can say things. You know, I can get what I want. I can tell you, look, I want, I want to buy this particular item from you. I can talk to you. I can communicate with you. I can have. We can have a dusikha. We can have a conversation in in any language. But the language doesn't have intrinsic value. It's just an externalization. When does it have value? This is how I understand this medrash. When does it have value? It has value. When what we're talking about is Torah. Right now, you're listening to the words that I'm saying. We're having a, a conversation. What is our conversation about? It's about the Torah. What language are we speaking? We're speaking, for the most part, in English. We are infusing English with value. We are infusing English with spirituality by using the English language to talk about a concept of Torah. The conversation about, can you write a safer Torah in any language is, can I infuse any language with the spiritual value of Torah? Will it now have Kedusha? Will a safer Torah written in any language have holiness? Will it be something that now is intrinsically a holy thing? But it's English. It's a Haskamas Ha'umas. It's just an extrinsic type of language. It's not, it doesn't have any intrinsic value. Can it be infused with intrinsic value, says the Chacham Mekan. And Rabbi Gamliel says there's only one language that has that because there was a special blessing that was given to it, and that's Greek. And Greek, you know, the Greeks, they had all kinds of wisdom. They had all kinds of beauty. There was so much beauty in the Greek culture. However, there's only one way that the Greek culture, as the Mephorshim actually explained over here, as we'll see in the continuation of the Medrash, there's only one way that it can have any value, and that's only if it's infused with Torah. Only if it's infused with the Hashkafah Satayra, with the outlook, the proper, clear guidelines of the Torah, which were given at Harsinai by Hashem, by God Himself, the Creator of the universe, 13.8 billion light years across. God came down, as it were, spoke to the Jewish people, infused them with direction, with spirituality. That infusion can extend, according to Rabbi Gamliel, only to Yivonis has, has the possibility for that because of the blessing of Noach. And according to HaChacham, it can extend to any language. Says the Medrash on, going onwards, God says, See the amazing thing about the Torah's language. 
Mach Aviva, it's so, it's so endeared, it's so beloved. It cures the language, or we could say it cures the tongue, as we'll soon see what that means. It cures language. The language is something which is, it's, it has no value. It's, it's external, it's extrinsic, it's not. But when you speak words of Torah with that language, that language is cured. It's cured. It now has value. It now has spiritual value. Unbelievable thing. Minayan. How do we know that this is the case? How do we know that Torah can purify a language? Pusik says in Mishle, in Proverbs, excuse me, Pusik says in Mishle, which is a reference to the Torah. The Torah is a tree of life. And we're going to see soon what is this concept of the tree. The Torah is a tree of life. It has the ability, as King Solomon writes, to, to cure the tongue, to cure a language. It has the ability to infuse a foreign language with spirituality. That's the power of Torah. It's important to know we're missing this power. We have Torah. We have this amazing, we can read from Svarim. We have... We have the Torah, we have the Chamisha Chumshay Torah, we have the Tershah B'Chsav, the Tershah B'Apeh, we have Midrashim, we have Gemaras, we have, we have Zayar, we have the secrets of the Torah. But something's missing because the root of it, as we're going to see the root of it, where does it come from? It comes from the base Hamikdash. The water flows out. The water, which is the essence of spirituality, flows out from the base Hamikdash, and we don't have that Torah. Kimitziyan Tetzay Torah. The Torah is supposed to come out to the entire world from the base Hamikdash, from the Temple. It's supposed to come out from the Kodesh HaKadoshim, from the Holy of Holies, from the Aaron. It's come, supposed to come out through spiritual prophecy, through a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to each person in each generation. We don't have that. We don't have that connection. We have like a, we have this disconnected, all that we have today is the, the external aspect of it. We have the, we have the other languages. But how do we connect in to the essence of the language, to that, the Lushen Marpe, the Eitz Chaim, the tree of life. You know, you think about a tree. What is a tree? What is the idea of a tree? The tree is connected to the ground. It's connected to the, to the earth. It's connected to the essence. And the branches reach out and they create fruits. And, and the, the branches reach out from the earth. The, 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 life, the life source, the earth is the life source. Representing HaKadosh Baruch representing God Himself as it were bringing forth the, the water from the earth, drawing it out towards the branches, bringing it to the fruits. We don't have that connection. We're like a disconnected piece of a branch of a tree. In the future, says the Medrash, Hashem is going to bring out from the Garden of Eden awesome trees, powerful trees. If you look at the Pesukim, he's about to quote the Pesukim in Yechezkel and Ezekiel. talks about Mashiach, talks about the times of Mashiach. The water is going to come out. And that's what this is referring to. The water is going to come out of the base Hamikdash of the Temple. There's going to be Nechalim. There's going to be rivers of water. Unbelievable amounts of water pouring out. Yechezkel re- describes 
Perak Mem Zayin, 47th chapter of Ezekiel. Unbelievable amounts of water pouring out from the base of English from the temple. And its spiritual waters are going to give life to the entire earth, to the entire world. What is their power? What is their shevach? What is their praise? How does the Pasuk describe them? Waters that are merapia saloshin, they cure the tongue, they cure language. The Pasuk refers to the fact that this powerful river that's flowing out from the base of English, on either side of the banks, the water's overflowing onto the banks and growing on the banks is these incredibly powerful trees. How do we know that these trees and the water that's coming out is going to provide a refua, a cure for language? And we're talking about the Torah, which is the essence of our relationship with Hashem, that it cures language. Its fruits will be for eating. And its, and its leaves, the leaves will be a trufa, they will be a cure. And as we'll see, the word trufa, which means a cure, is, there's a few, you know, we have words in Hebrew that, that are, Hebrew is a language where you have compacted, you have roots and you have concepts. You can have one word that, that it describes an entire binyan, an entire structure, a spiritual structure. The word trufa, According to one explanation is Miloshim Lahatir Pe, which means to untie the mouth, to free the mouth, to free our expression. The mouth is how we communicate. The mouth is how we show love, we kiss our child with our mouth. The mouth is something which is about relationship. What is it that allows us to have relationships with others? What is it that allows us to have relationships with Akodish Borhu? What is it that permits it, we're, we're tied up in our relationships, we're unable to have relationships, what is it that permits it? That we can communicate now with others, it's the Torah. The Torah gives us the ability to have midas toivis, to have good character traits. The Torah is that which gives us the ability, without the Torah we would just be animals, only concerned about ourselves, completely selfish. The Torah is what gives us the ability to think about another person, to think about another person. The Torah is what gives us a, a cure for our mouth. As the end of the Medrash says, Meshur Rabbeinu says, I can't speak. How can you expect me to be a goyal to redeem the Jewish people, to, to bring them into a relationship with you, Hashem? I can't talk. I, can't, I, I stumble over my words. You have to be an incredible or, orator in order to be able to be someone who bridges the gap between the Jewish people and God. You have to have that ability to speak, to communicate, to bring them together, to bring people together. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu I'm skipping a little section of the Medrash because I'm running out of time. Rabbi Levi says we don't have to bring these psukim in Yechezkel to teach us this concept. We can learn it from here. Let's learn from the Torah itself, from our very psukim, from the Gemara, from the psukim in Parshas Devorim. 
before Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah, before Moshe Rabbeinu served as the liaison between God and the Jewish people and bringing the Torah down into the world. Before that, he says, I'm not able to speak. I'm not a person, I'm not a man of words. Once he merited to have Torah, once he was filled with that spiritual power, once the waters of Torah poured upon him, his tongue was, was figuratively and physically cured. He started to talk and talk and talk. Moshe Rabbeinu started speaking on Rosh Chodesh Shvat and he didn't stop for five weeks until Zion Adar when he passed away. He just was pouring forth this river of Torah, of spirituality, of what it means to have a relationship with God. These are the words that Moshe spoke. What were the words? How did he become able to speak? He became able to speak through the Torah because the Torah infused him with this amazing spiritual essence. Why couldn't he speak? What was missing? Because there was an external aspect to his, his speech. I'm not, I'm not good at talking, Moshe said. But once he had Torah, once he was infused with the message of God for the Jewish people, he was able to talk, and he was able to talk, he was able to talk and communicate. He was transformed by the Torah. This is what we're missing. We have no idea what we're missing. We have no idea. We're missing the spiritual fountain. We're missing a base Hamikdash. We're missing the message. We're missing the Kruvim. We're missing the, the love which is represented by the Kruvim on the Aaron, when we are looking for God's Word. The Torah, of course, is coming forth from Jerusalem in, in an unprecedented way, like never before, perhaps, in history. Well, for sure, in the last 2,000 years since the Beis HaMilish was destroyed. But we're missing the essence. It's disconnected. The river is not yet flowing. It's, it's perhaps starting to, to flow figuratively. We don't have a base Hamilus, we don't have a temple, but we do have Torah. We do have Torah. And to the extent that we are machshiv Torah, that we give importance to Torah, we appreciate Torah, we understand that what we're missing when we don't have a base Hamilus, when we don't have a temple, it means that we don't have a relationship with God. It means that we don't know what He wants. We don't know... God is not talking to us directly without the Torah. With the Torah, we start to we start to understand what it means to have a relationship with Hashem. The Torah should, it, the Torah when we learn Torah, it should infuse us with a longing, a longing for Hashem, a longing for a relationship with Hashem, a longing for the ability to live in Eretz Yisrael. We can't keep the Torah properly outside of Eretz Yisrael. There are so many mitzvahs that we can't even perform. Perhaps we can buy our way in by owning a piece of land in Eretz Yisrael, but it's not the same as living here. You know, I have a backyard. Baruch Hashem, I have a beautiful backyard. And it has grapes growing. And it has lemons growing. And there's, 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 I have a branch that fell from my olive tree. We need to find out what to do with it because the olives are Shemit olives. It's a very simple thing. You live in Eretz Yisrael, it's just different. It's not, it's not like, there's a chashivus. 
and trying to say there's a chashivus, a significance of Torah, that when we understand what it means, we want more of that. It infuses the external aspects of ourselves with a new light, with a new essence, and we're missing that. We have to mourn. We have to mourn our disconnect. We have to mourn our disconnect from Torah. We have to mourn our disconnect from Beis Hamikdash. We have to mourn our loss of this relationship with Hakadosh Baruch. We have to mourn the fact that all the things that we do are so much more external because we don't have that connection. If we start to mourn, call a Miss Abel Yushalayim. If we are mourning about our disconnect, if we are mourning about Jerusalem's destruction, if we are mourning, if we appreciate what we don't have, we will see, we will see so soon the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash. I want to bless you, I ask you to bless me, Hashem should help us, that we should merit to be able to have a little sense of what we're missing, should be able to have a little taste of what it does mean to infuse our lives with Torah, with spirituality, with essence. And we should be able to be zeche, we should merit to be able to taste the waters of spirituality, which hopefully so soon are going to burst forth from the Temple Mount, from the Beis HaMikdash, from the essence of who we are, and infuse us and all of the external aspects of ourselves with so much spirituality and connection to Hashem. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.